Welcome to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast about racing hearts, fun-loving tarts, and characters falling in love. This week on Patreon, I'm joined by the one and only Sarah Wendell for an Ask Me Anything episode. So for just $5 a month, you get access to all of that, and then the 157, I think, bonus episodes in the back catalog. And there's tons of other perks. Just go check out the Patreon if you're interested. In other news, there's been a huge development. Dangerous Tides is almost here. We are launching the Kickstarter this Friday, April 28th at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. So lunchtime Eastern. Everyone who backs with a physical reward in the first 72 hours is going to be gifted their very own piece of eight. So backing early is a good idea. And like when I say physical reward, that can even be an ebook only tier with a single add-on item. So you don't necessarily have to spend a ton of money to get your piece of eight. Check out our Instagram for detailed information about the tiers as well as pricing for our Dangerous Tides ebooks, special editions, and swag. I'm so excited to bring this to you. We, I mean, I feel like, I don't know, it just feels so good. It's almost here. I almost get to put it into the world. I'm so excited. Okay, sorry. Focus. This week, we're getting into part two, the final part of Rosalind Palmer Takes the Cake by Alexis Hall. If you haven't listened yet, you'll be Kool-Aid manning into the middle of the book, so press pause and then listen to episode 274, which is part one. But if you're still with me right now, Rosalind's electrics have completely keeled over and she has no idea what to do. Thank goodness for children, apparently. Here we go. Amelie, wise child that she is, is like, please call the Viking. He said he could fix anything. And so she's like, oh, my God. Yeah, duh. Why didn't I think of that? She calls him and he's like, you're all right, mate. And she's like, yeah, but my electrics are out and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, "Okay, well, I can be there in an hour. So he comes and, uh, you know, he flips a switch or whatever. And he's like, it's upstairs. And she's like, how do you know that? And he's like, do you really want to know? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you think my lady brain can't handle it or whatever? And he's like, no, it's just boring as shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you yeah, want to know, I'll I tell love. you. <laughs> I loved it. So anyway, they have to go into her bedroom, everyone. Ooh. Okay. And she's like, okay, let me let me go tidy up in there. And he's like, I have three sisters. I've literally seen everything. It doesn't matter. And she's like, yeah, but like, I don't know. So she puts her panties and her bras and her vibrators away. (laughs) Yeah, which is adorable. Yeah, it's so cute. And he fixes it. It turns out that it's like an outlet that she didn't even know was in her room. It's like behind her bed or something. And like the wiring is loose, which like explains this like intermittent issue that she's been having that like she doesn't really understand and isn't consistent with anything and and like why none of the other useless people she called like have been able to help. Right. Because they didn't actually look crazy. Right. Down. And Harry just like, oh, sure. Like, I'll just stick my little device into all these sockets. Well, it's not these. 
is mm-hmm. must be a different socket do you have a socket over there okay cool yeah. here you go it's fixed like and then super... I'll put this sprocket in this socket and then I'll replace it and it's fine and she's just like it's just like a marvel to her yeah. and then he's like well great to see ya um she's probably be heading out and she's like you don't have to you know like I know right. you drove an hour to get here can I offer you a cup of tea or anything and he's like She's like looking through her fridge because she's figuring out what the fuck she has to throw away, like what's totally ruined. Because she's like, "Do you want to stay and have some ship shit shit?" Yeah, there's no. (laughs) What do I have? And he says, "He says, do you have any fish fingers?" And she's like, "Yeah, and they'll go bad if I don't eat them." He's like, "I could murder a fish finger sandwich right now." Which, like, I've never had, but sounds amazing. It did sound pretty great when he was talking about it. I was like, hmm. I want a fish finger sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't think I've ever said in my life. I know. And he makes it. And, you know, she sa- she says that, like, moving around in her really tiny kitchen with him, because he's like mm-hmm. a big dude, she thought would be really uncomfortable or, like, you know, weird, but it's just yeah. very comfortable. They just sort of work around each other and they're chatting There's, like, this excellent banter about how she doesn't have this specific sandwich condiment in her fridge because she's a posh bird. And she's like, I have mayonnaise. And he's like, that's not the same thing. And you know it. it. Salad cream, which like as an American, I don't know what that is. Hey, Brit, let a bitch know. Yeah. I think it's like a dressing, like maybe like a mayonnaise based. Hmm. Like maybe it's like, oh, my God. Samantha McAllister is going to kill me for saying this. Oh, shit. Say it out loud. Maybe it's like Britain's version of ranch. Oh, shit. She is going to come for you wearing that one. Yeah. I know. But like, <laughs> but that's I like kind of what I feel like. It's maybe like this like mayonnaise-based like mm-hmm. thing you would put on a sandwich. I was thinking it might be like something Miracle Whip. You know, like the Mayo Miracle Whip thing. Or, we could do um, a Google, but I'm just going to stand by what I, I said. I can't, everyone. Hello, Brit. British, hello, British listener. <laughs> if you, do you want to be my Google? Let me know. Tell us what, <laughs> what it is, is a salad cream. <laughs> and don't come murder me, please. Yeah, heaving bosoms podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, well, and then what what the hell is that that thing that that I put on fish fingers called? The it's tartar mayonnaise sauce? and relish. Tartar, tartar sauce, sauce, that's the one. Oh God. The, earlier today, I was trying to figure out the name of Lovecraft Country, that show, uh-huh, and yeah. the adjectives and scenarios that I was putting in front of Michael, just woven into this verbal tapestry of fuckery, was so ridiculous. <laughs> that, like, so tartar sauce is one of the things that's evading me today. It's yeah, no, stuff. that's words are. <laughs> so one one other thing that I wanted to mention that I. That was very interesting and also very Alexis Hawley about that conversation mm-hmm. over fish fingers. Yes. Is that Harry starts opening up a little bit more about, you know, he didn't want to tell his friends he was coming on the show. He's like afraid to talk about it with people. Harry has like some anxiety about life and stuff and starts talking about it. He's talking about like trying to do more things that scare him. Yeah. And, um, he keeps to, like, doing really well. Comfort zone, right. yeah. And Rosalind goes, you seem to worry about things a lot. And he's like, yeah, uh, that's Always just have. how I am. Yep. And she's like, maybe you should see your doctor. And he goes, why? Like, 
who goes to the doctor and is like, I get scared sometimes. And she's like, everybody, like you have anxiety. It's okay. Like that's life doesn't have to be like this. And he's like, what? Like, are you saying that something is wrong about like, like he gets, he says, are you saying I'm a mental is what he says. And she's like, I don't know what that like I'm not I'm not saying that at all but if you were that wouldn't be a bad thing either and he goes I don't have to listen to this I'm not staying here to listen to you call me a nutcase and he like sort of storms out which made me really sad and also like well maybe it made me really sad because he stormed out but it also made me really sad that like because I have like mental health issues like we all do and I didn't realize what they were for a really long time like my Mm -hmm. family growing up did not believe in like psychiatrists or counseling and like I didn't know for a long time that I could go to a doctor and be like I worry about things Mm -hmm. and then when I learned that there's a name for that and like I don't have to worry about things all the time. It was like amazing. And so I was like, oh, Harry's going to get to that point and it's going to be lovely, which it was. But yeah. it just made me really sad that like, oh, you're living with this thing that you don't even know you can do something about. It has a name. Yeah. It has and a has, name. has treatments that you can explore. And like, I really also liked that, you know, we saw... Because up until this point, he's been very surprising to her as far as how, like, open-minded he is. And, like, one of his sisters is um, married to a lady. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe that. And he goes, yeah, it turns out homosexual or lesbians aren't like um, quinoa. You get them down my way, too. And she's like, duh! (laughs) But, you know, it's it's sort of nice that she's like, hey, you might be able to see your GP about this and and – see if like they'll help you or whatever yeah and the way that he just reacts to that stereotype of like the crazy is is shocking because he hasn't done it up until now and I don't know it was it was really cool because even now he's very respectful about it she's like I didn't mean it that way and he's like I I just I have to go I think I have to go have a great night he says like as he walks out of her house and so she feels terrible because she's like, he just drove an hour to fix my shit for free. And now he thinks that I'm calling him like names about, you know, yeah. like mental health and stuff. And she feels really, 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 really bad. Yeah. And that bleeds into her cooking that weekend. Yes, it does. She doesn't do terribly, but, you know, she it's not do terribly. But it's also a complicated weekend, isn't it? Like patisserie weekend or something. So it's she's something like bonkers. It's something that I had probably hadn't heard of before. Um, honestly, I, they do. I mean, like I love to bake, but they do so much baking in this book that like it's hard to remember. Mm-hmm. But after the blind bake thing, who somebody other than her wins? Yes. Alan's like, hey, do you want to go to one of our rooms and like do a sex on each other? And she wants to be like, no, dude, like, I just, I just don't. I'm tired. I've had a bananas week. I still feel weird about Harry. Like, it's all just bullshit. But she's like, I still want to be like the impressive, fun lady in front of him. And so she's like, yeah, how about I go get a quiet drink? And then afterwards, I'll come hop on that D. And Uh he's like, fine, that's cool. But when she gets there... Harry, like, comes up to a bar stool beside her, and he's like, hey, I just want to say I'm really sorry. 
I didn't mean to like, you know, jump down your throat or whatever. And she's like, no, no, no. Like that's, I didn't take it that way. You know, I'm sorry that I offended you. I really didn't mean to. And he's like, she says like, we can just forget it. And he goes, well, we could do that. But I also sort of want to take care of this because I don't want you thinking that I'm just going to like fly off the handle anytime you say something. And she's like, yeah. and her inner monologue is like, I mean, I sort of do that with everyone regardless about it. But like, <laughs> yeah. So then they start joking. This is when like, you know, she finds out about his lesbian sister and the quinoa thing happens. Like, it's so cute they just have really lovely like banter throughout the book and it's yes just, it's just great I love it yeah it's lovely and then Ellen comes over and is like wow this quiet I drink thought you were having seem- a quick drink uh- yeah doesn't seem so quiet over here and Harry's like oh hey like you want you want to I'll get you something and he goes yeah I'd love to get a whole beer steen worth of get the fuck away from my girlfriend literally that's not Melody fanfic no it's not it's very upsetting and I couldn't believe because Harry's just like hey man we're friends I'm just here I am finishing my beer and now I'm gonna go uh have a good night Rosalind see you later yeah. And I couldn't believe that I don't know. I hated that she let that happen. I hated that she let that happen. I hated that she was like, I'm fine still being with somebody that is threatened by me talking to literally anybody else. And would and and also, sorry, I'm gonna go on a little rant here. Please. Um, the fact that he is only threatened by her talking to yep. other men is yep. super homophobic yep. and really discredits like who she is as a human. Yep. Because like what he's really worried about is just that she's gonna like fall in some other D mm-hmm. because he doesn't think that any relationship she might form with another woman is actually a valid relationship. Exactly. Which makes me want to like jump through this book even more and just punch him absolutely, and also her at this point in time for like letting him treat her like that and letting him devalue her and like and for apologizing to him because she yeah. doesn't say like that was super fucked up you're not allowed She's to like, treat people like that oh, she's like oh, sorry I, oh, I lost say, track of time yeah like that's not what very, this is about yeah very yeah. upset at this point in time same. And I'm really glad that you said that because Alan is one of those dudes we find out who fetishizes her bisexuality. And he very much at, is. At some point, they like have a conversation like postcoital where he talks about an ex of his who's now a friend who like always thought she was maybe bisexual but never had the opportunity to explore it. And I'm yeah. just like, God damn it. It's fine. It's fine. And interestingly, that friend later in the book says to her, like, I've always told guys that I might be bi because they think it's hot, but like, I don't actually think that I am. And I was just like, yeah, she says, she says, I've been allowing men to try to convince me I'm bisexual for years because they think it's hot. And I'm just like, oh, love, you gotta. I know. No. Like this friend is problematic for other reasons that we will talk about, but I felt very bad for her at that very one specific spot in this book. I was just like, oh no, the patriarchy got her hard. Really did. Like justice for her. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Her actions afterwards are not great, but the source is not, you know, it's just shitty. We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. So anyways, so she's like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, that's fine. We'll just never speak of it again. Whatever, man. 
So then what's the next notable thing that happens? The next notable thing is, oh. Is it town? It is. So is it Alan ball? is like, it's the some kind of cocktail bar pretentious oh, hipster right. scene so alan is like hey i'm gonna be in london if that's easier to come to than the venice of the cotswolds and she's like i mean it's not as easy as if you came to my house but like yeah, yeah it's i guess still it's still not my to- town <sighs> right but like okay fine i'll make it work so he sets up this date for her to meet his friend live at some kind of cocktail bar which is like one of those very pretentious places yeah it's it's hipster bullshit it really is She's like wearing if she's supposed to be wearing a little black dress or like not like because it's one of these hipster places and she doesn't know. And when she walks in, Liv is wearing a little black dress. Yeah. She's like weird that I don't like this is weird, but okay. Yeah. She goes, it was pretty much what she had expected. It was all wooden floors and exposed brickwork and leather sofas that were probably supposed to be vintage, but had a faint air of the DFS summer sale, which like... (laughs) Yeah, I've been at that bar before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alan and Liv were already at the bar. Like, they've already had some drinks. So it makes her feel, like, really, like, starting like off an on the wrong foot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like. Well, she... and Alan didn't tell Liv that she has a kid. And he's like, well, right. I wanted to I wanted to let her say that on her own because she's sensitive about it. Right. And And she's like, okay, on the one hand. I did lie to you and omit my kid because I was worried about, like, the way that you would react. Right. On the other hand, I'm not ashamed of my fucking kid. And she doesn't say any of that. Like, it's all in her inner monologue. Right. Yeah. And so they have another conversation about, like, how her life is so hard. And she's like, it's really not that hard. It's just different. <laughs> like, yeah. stop it. Also, speak. I just, I hate this bar, so I'm going to shit on it a little bit more. Oh, please. She... <laughs> She picks up the menu and all the drinks had names like the one with mint and Mm. berries and the one with a lot of crushed ice and (laughs) the one with a bit of a kick. And she's like, oh, God, it's one of these places. Mm -hmm. And like there's another friend there and they're like, hey, like you should try this one. And she goes, like just all of the drinks are so stupid. Yeah. Like hating it in her brain. She ends up with like the one that's a bit summery or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So they're like chatting and she's like, hmm, your friends are interesting. And Alan continues to be sort of like mean to Rosalind, like in a. It's condescending. That way that sometimes, pe- yeah, people are mean, like in front of their friends who are like better than you. And then mm-hmm. they try and be like, no, I was just joking. But like, really, it was like, oh. But really deep down, you don't think I'm good enough. Like, it's just that sort of like condescension Mm -hmm. the whole night, which is really gross. But like, Liv seems very nice and we don't hate her. Um, She has like nice things to say. They do also talk about bisexuality. They do. Yes. And Liv does that thing where she's like, oh, I just think that, you know, being with a woman just makes so much more sense because men are from Mars and women are from Venus and stuff. And she's like, no, women are still just people. Uh, and you have relationships with people, not genitals. Right. <laughs> like, it's, <Yeah. laughs> God damn it. Okay, so then the next notable thing that happens is that is town. And Vita does bad in a challenge. Yeah. And it's really sad. And so 
they're standing there and Alan did not win the blind bake that week. And so he's being grumpy and he's like, I think I have to go spend some quality time with my recipes for tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. She's like, okay, man. So he goes off to his room and she's standing there with Harry looking at <laughs> looking at Anbita, who has like gone across the lawn and sat down under a tree of sadness and is just looking into the middle distance. <laughs> and it's capitalized. So it's yeah. sad tree of sadness. Like it's a name, like they're putting a back on it. It's, it's, it's so great. good. Um, and so, so she they suggests haul, they take her to town. They haul her off into town to like make her feel better. And there's two pubs and one of them is like local people pub and one of them is like tourist pub. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, well, we can't go to the local people pub because they probably hate the fact that there's a TV show here. So we have to go to this other one. Yeah. And then they like have a discussion about the food there. Um, I learned what a sep was. Yes. The fuck? It's really cute, though, because they like they make a, like a bet about things and they make Harry buy the actual soup. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. why do I have to be the one who buys the soup? Like, with the mystery ingredient in it. Ah! Yeah. And then, as they're going home, Anvita's like, let's go on an adventure! She pulls up Melody hard, and it's not she a does. good idea. No, it's not. <laughs> I was like, oof, I have been with that friend, and no, this is a bad plan. So, yeah. they, like, go off on this, like, just, like, walk off into this random field, and, like, they and think Anvita's it's And playing, like, I Spy. right. And then, like, she thinks it's a tractor, but it's not. It's, like, a cow that, like, chases them or something. But also somebody has a... Wait. It's just a mess. It's a mess. So she says, like, I spy something tea. And they're both, like, say all the tea things. And she's like, actually, it was way back there and it was a tractor. Bah -ha -ha -ha. And so then they're like, it wasn't a tractor. It definitely wasn't. And she's like, I'm going to prove it to you. So then she just goes running across the field to, like, go find it. But yeah. she does fall in a hole. And so she twists her ankle and then they get there and it's like a combine or a waterer or something, anything that's not a tractor. And then they're like, she, they're hobbling over to the thing and they're like, all right, Rosalind, which direction do we have to go? Because it is dark and well, I don't know where I am. And she's like, this way, which is definitely the wrong way. And then and Vita's like, nobody making any sudden movements. Is that a bull? And they're like, what? No. Oh, no. And they look over and they're like, oh, it does have horns. And Harry's like, I think you're supposed to run straight towards it. And they're like, unless, I mean, if you want to get impaled, sure. And so then they see this creature, this giant bull coming toward them. And so Harry picks up Anvita, Mary Carey style, Mary, Mary Carey, you know, which yes, uh -huh. one of those. And he, like, runs and tosses her over a fence and then gets over and she gets over and everybody gets over. And then, boom, 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 boom. It is, in fact, a goat. It's a goat. That comes over there. It's an angry goat, but it's a goat. <laughs> and it, like, starts nibbling on his shirt. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, no. And then they get in big, giant trouble. They get in huge trouble. And part of the reason, shows like this, you wear the same clothes Saturday and Sunday because they film oh. things out of order. So like <gasps> they That's show up. That's what this was? Yeah, 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 yeah. I could not figure out why they didn't just get a different shirt. That's why. So you wear the same clothes both days so, so that they can film like reaction stuff or whatever. Like if they need to go back and refilm something. That's fascinating. There's not continuity errors. That's so fascinating. 
in the process, like they've fallen down, they've gotten their clothes dirty and then Jennifer and also Anveda's injured. And Jennifer's just like, what the fuck? Like you're supposed to be on TV. You're not supposed to be running around, like causing problems. Like the farmer yeah. gets big mad. Now and, like, I have to pay off a farmer. <laughs> right. Like over a traumatized goat. And they're just like, and I love her because she's like, you bunch of like chicken fuckers. <laughs> and like, we is didn't do. You, you pack of maladjusted oven fuckers are forcing me to negotiate a pissing out of court settlement over a traumatized goat. <laughs> Where's the thing about the chickens in the butts? Say that oh, one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so oven fuckers is so funny to me. <laughs> oh my God. Where is it? When I get an angry call from a farmer the same night you three bewildered cock manglers limp home covered in mud, it's not hard for me to work out whose tits and or balls I have to nail to the fucking table. I do appreciate that Jennifer is very like. Very inclusive. Very inclusive in her. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, she goes, here it is. She goes, my job is to make you look like the kind of adorable pieces of flaccid scrotum that my Tory auntie could take to her bridge club. And I can't do that if you're on page three of the mail, naked in somebody else's field, ramming chickens up each other's rectums. A little shocked, Harry puts up his hands. Wait a minute. We didn't do nothing to no chickens. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. So good. Oh, it's so funny. Alexis Hall is so funny. So anyways, they do more baking well no so then at, when they get back and Vita's like I'm gonna go let's go drink more and yeah and she's like oh I do need to like pacify a flaccid penis a little bit like yeah so she goes over to what's his name Alan's and like they do mediocre sex they um, do oh yeah and and then uh, I'm gonna because it's right here on the same page she goes please. Afterwards, Rosalind lay in the dark with her head nestled against Alan's shoulders, wondering what the oh. fuck was wrong with her. Because she liked sex. She liked sex with Alan. And yet the mm -hmm. whole time she'd been only half there, constantly having to drag her mind back to the room that she was in. Mm -hmm. Because she felt alive when she was running across the field. She felt like... Wait, read the rest of that because yeah. it's such a romance. It's such a big romance. Oh, so good. Instead of wondering what Harry and Anvita were talking about in the bar... Or remembering how it felt to fly across the field in the dark like there was nothing in the world that could hold her back. Oh. And Vita resulting in her seps-related triumph. Harry blushing as he let them tease him about his mermaid cake. The way he'd moved so carefully around her kitchen like he didn't want to take up her space. The way he just accepted that Emily was part of her life. The deep rumble of his voice when he said, all right, mate, if he was their secret. How warm his brown eyes could be. His broad shoulders. That slow half smile that seemed so shy and at once so knowing. God, so good. Oh, so this good. All how dare you? I just want to read this entire book to you. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it is so 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 good, and it yeah. it happens so slowly that like this is like the slowest of burns. But like I did not feel impatient once, except yeah. while waiting for her to call the electrician. I felt impatient about that. I was but. so mad. <laughs> mad. Yeah. If I had to watch her have another conversation with a random ass electrician, I was just, I, I was going to throw something. Okay. Yeah. So they do more baking. And Vita, the next one is like, the next challenge is like a big giant cake. Mm -hmm. And Vita tries to make a Marie Antoinette cake. And it does go, I think Alexis Hall calls it a bit more post guillotine than she wanted it to be. <laughs> it was, yes. Also, just as a side note, mm -hmm. and Vita needs extra oven space because she's making so many yes. cakes. And Rosalind's like, hey, does anybody have extra shelf? And Alan is very carefully 
like focusing on what he is doing and he's like studiously ignoring them. <laughs> exactly. And Harry's like, yeah, give me 20 minutes and then you can have mine. Mm-hmm. And Nora, another contestant, was like, oh, you have you can have mine. I'll need it again, like in this time. And again, like one of the things about GBVO that's lovely is that the contestants do help each other out like yeah. that. Like if somebody is like rushing and somebody else is finished, they'll like come over and help plate the cookies or or whatever. And it's just like this lovely spirit of camaraderie. Yeah. And there, Alexis Hall is like, yes, this competition is like this. And look how much of an asshole Alan is because he's uh-huh. not doing the thing that you're supposed to do on this show. Like, you're supposed to be friendly and, and helpful and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You're just supposed to be a person. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and I loved it because Alan Colin doesn't know Thrim- how to be people. So he he has no idea. Colin Thrimp is so funny, though, because she, like, looks over at him because she's not sure if they can, like, do communal ovens. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, the American public is going to love how adorable and British you are helping each other. Yeah. The <laughs> word is they love to see British people being hopefully non-competitive. That's the one. <laughs> it's so good. Which we do because our reality shows are terrible and nothing I mean, like that. That is literally the reason I don't give a shit about baked goods. I bake everything out of a box. Okay. I, I mean, I eat them hard, but yeah. I don't care about, like, the creation or whatever. But, like, the reason I can't watch GBBO and the reason that I would just fall into a rabbit hole is this hopeful, non-competitive, just people being nice to each other when they're supposed to technically be yeah. adversaries. <laughs> like- so I will say, Melody, if you want to get into it, j- okay. you only have to watch a couple of seasons. Okay. Because at some point... Listen, this is getting into British shit that I don't know anything about. But Fair. Bake Off left BBC Four or BBC oh. whatever and went to some other channel. And it was this big scandal. Because oh, BBC is like like, like like um PBS, right? Right. It'd be like if a show went from PBS to like some other and now you have to like watch ads and like, like a they're network. getting yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of a thing. In protest. Mel and Sue, the hosts, and Mary Berry, one of the judges, yeah. quit the show. <gasps> and it is not as good. Like, the only judge left is Paul Hollywood, mm-hmm. who's kind of a dick. There's a new female judge who is fine, but she's much more like, oh, this better be worth the calories than Mary Berry was. And like, oh, it's a baking show. Nobody gives a it. shit. They, like, cycle through, like, hosts. Like, it's it's just not as good. So, like, you okay. only have to watch some seasons. And then you can just be done. And then you can have the happy experience of, like, watching this person yeah. that you love win and then you get to watch it again because she's just amazing and that's fun okay so it's yeah. like west wing you only acknowledge like the first how many seasons i only Correct. acknowledge the first four seasons of west wing and then we Fair. just like don't talk about the rest of it yeah that's the one okay cool all right that's great to know so yeah so anyways anthony's cake is a disaster mm-hmm. the grace the host is like following it holding it up and then they're like, okay, you have to let it go. And they know it's going to tumble. Oh. And so they're like, okay, three, two, one. Like you it have last words. Flat. And she moves her hand. It's just like, it's kind of lovely because you know it's coming. So you can oh, just yeah. like take the time and appreciate the spectacle. Oh, but yeah. um, And because Harry wins. Harry wins right. with this mermaid cake that he made for his nieces. Yeah, which is fucking adorable. Um <sighs> And during the bread challenge, he made uh, basically like a tide pool because he takes his nieces to go tide pooling. And like because 
Rosalind's daughter, Emily, is obsessed with like fish and ocean creatures. And so before she left, he's like, I, I nicked the crab, the bread crab I made. I think Emily might like it. It's like, it's just, ah! just, that's the best. It's so good. So anyways, Alan does not doing, does not great very well. They they tell him, technically you're competent, but like also you're kind of boring and like you're I'm soulless. kind of sick of matcha. Right, exactly. Like you yeah. don't have a personality. Marianne, the female judge, is just like, the only thing I have to say about this is I'm kind of tired about matcha. Like that's mm-hmm. all she says. And he's just like, he's a oh, big he's man. He's gutted. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. And so if it, it was really funny though, because every single part of his cake from the icing to the innards or whatever has matcha in it in different ways. And yeah. Grace Forsyth is like, don't you think it's going to be a little bit too matcha? And then he's like, no, I don't think so because I'm using it in these different ways or whatever, whatever. And then she makes, what's the other matcha? She goes, too matcha information, my boy. That's the one. <laughs> she makes a number of delightful puns and it's just great. Yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing is, sorry, everyone. Another notable thing that happened is that Rosalind won Biscuit Week. Yes. When And like Alan could have won it because of the strategy she gave him with the judges. But she won Biscuit Week and she was really, and Harry did really well because he made one yeah. cookie for each of his sisters. I cannot with yeah. this man. And like the reason Alan didn't win is because he like was being like prideful about this like nostalgic cookie, yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. And well, and like, because her cookies were better. Well, right, exactly. Yeah. But like he could have like leaned into that a little bit more and the judges would have been happier with it. Absolutely. He didn't. So yeah. anyways, yeah. But so, so Harry wins with well, this wait, gorgeous then, cake. Yes. Yeah. When, wait, when she won though, Harry was really awesome about it. And Alan was super. Um, yes, you're right. Super. I don't want to talk about it. Exactly. Cause he's threatened he by mean. how good she is. Yeah. He, but like, he didn't say congratulations. I'm so proud of you. You did great. Like none Harry of those did, things though. that you would expect from a person that ostensibly likes you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Harry wins with his amazing mermaid cake and it's adorable, especially because he's like supposed to be this like really burly, you know, sort of muscular giant dude. And he's just like making this adorable mermaid cake. <laughs> I right, love it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, there's a lot made about like how this cake is supposed to be so delicate. Like there's macaron on it and he like makes these like lovely, delicate macaron and they're like, oh, like you have such a light touch for such a big man sort of nonsense uh, and just like yeah there's there's a frill on it that really works and i can't believe you did it with your big man hands yeah oh it's so cute and then alan asks her to come over to his house for dinner during the week yes during friday the week. friday night i think yeah yes yeah she makes it happen she gets there it, oh no i think it was thursday night doesn't matter she gets there and Liv opens the Liv door. is there. She's like, uh, hi, what are you doing here? I'm here for date with my boyfriend. Okay. And Liv is in another slinky black dress. And she's like, she's drunk off her face when she is, yes. Rosalind arrives. So Alan finally comes out and he's like, Oh, I'm so glad that you're both like making yourself comfortable. And she's like, Well, that's not strictly true because like Liv is curled up on the couch like a cat but I still have my jacket and shoes on and I'm standing in the middle of the room trying to figure out why your ex is here okay and then he's only feeding them like these teeny tiny savory macarons 
instead of an actual meal. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I thought we could do an aperitif. I don't know. It's a fancy word for tiny food, but it's not tapas. That's, you know. Yeah. And and then he keeps on steering the conversation toward ladies kissing each other. And like just sex in general. Like, yeah. Like, oh, have you tried this thing or have you have you ever done that or, you know, what? Like he just like keeps bringing it back to sex related topics. Yeah. And she's like, both of them are drunk. I don't understand what's happening. I don't really like this. Like, I wish I could go home, but I like the trains aren't even running anymore. This is bullshit. And so finally he's like, oh, you should show Liv your butterflies. And she's like, no, no, I really don't want to do that today. Maybe later, maybe another day. And he's like, oh, come on. You can you can show her. And she's like, no, I'm just really not super comfortable with that right now. I I would like to leave my clothes on. And then Sorry, Liv did you goes, want to give like a little bit of a trigger warning right here? I was just about, yeah, just okay. about to. Um, there is a trigger warning for sexual assault. I'm not going to go into it in great detail, but there is, for the next like 90 seconds, probably we're going to be very lightly describing yeah. the sexual assault. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So Liv um, gets up and she's like, Oh, I don't want you to be uncomfortable, so I'll go first. And she's like, whoa, yeah. it's not at all what I meant. Okay. And Liv takes off her dress, and she's like, okay, Liv, really, you should just put your clothes back on. I don't understand what's happening right now. And then Liv, like, sits down and, like, puts her arms around her, is, like, touching her knee. And mm-hmm. she's just like, okay, I don't like this, and I would like this to stop. And then Alan's like, oh, come on. You're both really attractive women. She's like, that is neither here nor there. I am not interested in this person sexually. Like that, this isn't, I don't, what's happening? And then Liv like kisses her and she's, you know, trying to push her off without like, you know, uh, she says that Liv is drunk enough that she doesn't really even want to like touch her with her hands because even a push away on a certain part of her body could seem like encouragement instead right. of and like when she finally does like they tumble off the sofa and Liv's just like oh like we're doing this like now we're on the floor oh doing we're romping around like, like puppies she like doesn't even realize that like yeah she's hammered off her face which again justice for Liz like Alan very specifically gets her drunk and tells her that Roslyn wants this yeah and Liz is too drunk at this point to be like to like pick up any signal figuring ever. out that Rosalind has been trying to say no for right. like quite some time. Right. Anyways, Rosalind pushes her off and like knocks over the food that so Alan's real mad about and like books it to the bathroom and locks herself in. Yeah. And then he comes to the door and he is a gaslighting motherfucker. And yeah. he knocks on the door and he's like, oh, you're overreacting to this. Like, why don't you come back down and like, we'll all try again. And she's like, try again to have me have sex with your ex-girlfriend. Like, is that what you want to try again? Because that's that's exactly why I'm here. I don't want to do that. Right. And he's like, oh, come on, somebody with your past. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. And she's like, it, that's not ah! like, yeah, I'm not interested in that person. So finally, she's yeah. like, OK. Harry said 
that I could call him for anything. And he's literally yeah. the only person I can't call my parents. I can't call Lauren because she has Emily. And I don't want my kid to have to come get mummy at midnight because she's escaping from a man. And so she calls Harry and he's like, you all right, mate? And she's like, she's like actually, no, I'm not. I am locked in a bathroom and I'm at Alan's. Well, it's, it's actually, it's really great because he's like, are you all right? And she's like, no. And he's like, did something happen? Oh, yeah. She, she says, no, like, I'm at Allen's. And he says, did something did happen? Did something happen? And she said, yes. Well, no. Well, kind of. And he goes, are you safe? Yeah. This is very for- next question. And she goes, yes, I'm locked in the bathroom. And he goes, cool. Send me the address. I will be there in two minutes. Do not unlock the door until I get there. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Hair. Ah. Yeah. He's like, perfect. I'll let you know. Perfect. I don't know where you are, but like, I'll let you know how long I'm going to take to yeah. get there. Which was like two hours, by the way. Two it was a lot. hours this man drives. And it's like the middle of the night. It's like 11 o'clock or something. Yeah. When she calls him. Right. And so she hears like the rumble of a van because it's an electrician it's like van. brings his work van, which is adorable. Yeah, it's what he drives. Yeah. So then Alan's like, oh, I'm sorry. What are you doing here? And he's like, well, came to pick up Rosalind. She did call me. And that's all I that's all I'm here to do. And he's like, what? No, I'm not letting you walk away with my girlfriend. And he's like, yeah, not my call. I didn't set this yeah. up. Rosalind called me. And Alan's trying to be like, we had a bit of a misunderstanding. But like, we're having a great night. Like, everything's fine. You don't need to be here. And Harry just keeps being like, she called. She called. You don't get to decide. She called. Yeah. If she tells me to go away, then I'll go away. But like she called. I will talk to her first. Yeah. I'm not Which taking is just your like, word for it. Correct. And lovely. Yeah. Um, and then and- Alan pulls the whole like, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to get with her. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, you dumbass. He's like, really not. Nope. He's just there to save her from you and your machinations. Yeah. And he also is doing the thing at this point where like, He's talking to Harry about Rosalind and not talking to Rosalind or including her in a conversation about her, which I hate. And he goes, you to Harry, you don't think I'm going to let you walk out of here with my girlfriend. And Rosalind's like, do you think after this, I'm still your girlfriend? And he doesn't even respond to that. He just like keeps he says, talking, I'm not talking to, to Harry. You, Rosalind. Yeah. Um, and then he goes and he's touching Harry. He has like his hand on his shoulder or so- he's like trying like to grabbing be, like, his shirt, something. Right. And Harry's like, I need you to stop touching me. And Alan doesn't. And then Harry's like, dude, I really need you to stop touching me. And he doesn't. And Alan gets more aggressive and Harry punches him. Pops him one. Pops, pops him, one. him one in the jaw. Real good. And then and he Alan like, leaves. he staggers back and he, he like, you know, goes down on one knee and he's like, you hit me. And he's like, yeah, I asked you real nice to take your hand, like to stop pulling yeah. me toward you and you did I told you to stop touching me and you didn't so yeah. we're leaving now goodbye and Alan says like that might be how it works in your world and then I think this it's either now or later but Harry's like from what I've seen of your world I want no part of it so which is just excellent here we go yeah yeah so then he like takes her to Burger King yeah like it's like a burger joint at a rest stop on the highway yeah. guys like it's yeah. just it's the middle of the night. There's no place open. And they like go get burgers at this rest stop. That's yeah. lovely. And probably before this, but at some point he's like, do you want to tell me about it? You don't have to. Right. And she's like, 
well, I, I mean, I sort of do like you drove all that way. And he's like, no, no, you were needed help. I came to help you. You owe me nothing. You don't even owe me the narrative. You owe me nothing. And she's like, well, no, I, I will. I like, you know, this is what happened. Um, Alan like tried to coerce Liv and I into a threesome that I don't think either of us wanted. And Harry's just like, ugh, like that's, that's gross. And then, I don't know, they say something about like, um, she says, there's something about slut shaming and I can't remember why. Mm, Yeah. I also wanted to say while I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. finding that bit, like the very first thing that happens is she's like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I should have seen that coming. Yeah. And he's like, you're not an idiot. Like, no, he goes, that's not the same thing as thinking you're a slutty bisexual sex. What's it? And even if I did, I know a lot of <laughs> slutty birds and they're all right. People mm-hmm. Terry's sister, Cheryl, she's had more cock than Colonel Sanders, but she ain't hurting no one. And when oh. Sam's fellow walked out, she was right there for her. Sorry. Uh, are you saying you don't think I'm a slut or are you saying if it's okay, if I am both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's so cute. He's very cute. And also like, he just responds so well this like are you safe are you okay you're not an idiot like this wasn't your fault like no yeah you didn't do any of this she also feels real bad because alan has met both of her parents several times and they've come to pick her up or whatever and her parents really like him and she's been like having visions of this like future where she goes back to medical school and her parents finally approve of her and like she's just like living this life that's like the one that they pictured for her and they're happy with her mm-hmm. and obviously like that's not gonna happen now yeah because it very like, much included Alan exactly and she's like well I just write off having latched onto a prick because my parents approved of him like oh, is that why I was into him? Because my right. parents liked him and I'm like so desperate for their approval. So like there's some of like that And nonsense. is that why I ignored all the red flags and all the times he was like an elitist asshole to people? Right. Like, and Harry's basically just like, that's normal to want your parents to like you. And like, you don't have to beat yourself up about that. And she's like, well, mm-hmm. I think I'll carry on beating myself up about it for a while. And he's like, he's okay. Like, Fair enough. <laughs> and it's also really cute because he's like, well, family's family, right? And she's like, my family's not like family. Yeah. And he goes, well, in my world, family either loves you or can go fuck themselves. And she's yeah. like, oh, wow. That's not at all. That's beautifully simple. That's not at all how my family right. works. Wow. Wait, so that, then, that's an option? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like- so then as they're like, you know, eating their Whoppers, it's so cute. He goes, hey, by the way, I did go see my GP. And I thought she was going to laugh me out of the office, but it does turn out I am a mental. And she's like, I don't think you, I don't think it's called a mental. And he goes, oh, dot, dot, dot. I am the one with the affliction. So you don't get to tell me what I call myself. Yeah, he's <laughs> so like, cute. She's like, you don't think person with anxiety disorder is more appropriate? And he goes, that sounds like more of a mouthful. It's a bit mouthful. <laughs> So he's like, he's on meds and he's on a waiting list for um, therapy. And um, like, he's like, the doctor said it was a common thing and there's lots of options and there's nothing to worry about, which I thought was a weird thing to say to somebody who just diagnosed with anxiety. (laughs) Like, dude, you're not wrong about that. Well, and the other thing was, she was like, why, why did you go? You were so sure it wasn't. And, And he goes, well, I thought to myself, you know, Rosalind's a really smart person. 
there might be something to this. So I went just in case. And you were right. And I don't know. That was beautiful on its own. Like, it was just great. So he takes her home. And she's like, this is weird, I know, but I'm not used to sleeping in the house by myself. Do you want to come in for, like, a cup of tea or something? And he's like, I don't know. Like, you just had a really bad experience with a guy from the show. I don't want to, like, you know, infringe on your space or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, no, that's not what's happening. Like, I'm asking Basically, Amelie is spending the night at somebody else's house because she was going to be out late and she's like i've never been in this house by myself before right this feels weird like will you come in so that i'm not the only person listening to the weird noises that my house is making like that's all i'm asking yeah and he's like okay sure and and so they have a drink and whatever and like during this time she is like harry's kind of uh kind of cute and he did drive all that way and her subconscious is is doing work for her doing work right now so she comes on to harry accidentally basically she's like as i'm thinking all these things i'm like leaning in trying to put my mouth on his and he's like hey um no now it's not the time for this and she goes oh man this mixture of sexual assault and rejection is not doing wonders for my (laughs) self-esteem which i felt really bad for but i just love that he was like uh no now is not the night for yeah he was just like like, whoa 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 no if you want to talk about this later cool but not now yeah and she's like She's like, wait, what's what's going on? He's like, well, you've had a scare, you're you've had a drink, and it just wouldn't be right. And she goes, so because I was almost sexually assaulted, I don't know my own mind anymore. And he's like, no. And she's like, well, then you can't make that decision for me. And he's like, no, but I can make it for me, and I am not comfortable with this. I don't want to be your rebound guy. Like I like you, and I want you to be with me for me, not right and she's like, well, I know it like, seems like that but like I do really like you and he's like okay cool but I want something long term and you're making all these changes and like this is not the time to yeah. start this yeah and I, I want to like, start in a way that like sets us up for success long term and she's like oh my gosh what yeah. a dream boat so right. then Harry does get kicked off the show basically because he did pop Alan one Alan tries he to did. get both of them kicked off the show Yes. Very first thing Alan does is call Jennifer and tattle. And so the very next scene is Jennifer yelling at them because Alan tattled. And Alan's and he's trying, trying to, be like, to say that I can't she- keep work. Well, right. Alan's like, she came on to me and blah, blah, blah. Because Alan's like a gaslighty asshole. Mm-hmm. So Harry gets kicked off the show, like under the guise of like not doing well. Like he mm-hmm. is the person leaving the show that week. Everybody knows it even before he leaves the show. He gets kicked off the show, which for like really isn't fair because he's like legitimately a good baker. But mm-hmm. it is and what it is. And somebody else did like way worse than him that week. Right. Um, but-, but it's how Jennifer was dealing with this. And then Jennifer was also like, keep your faces to yourself. Keep your hands to yeah. yourself. Like you better not. Like I don't want to hear either of your names again for the rest of the series. Like stop. You it are, has like, to stop. Yeah. You're a pain in my ass. So then he's going to take her home. Harry is. Yes. Because she didn't want to ask her mom or dad. And this had been prearranged before the trip to Alan's house. Like Harry had been planning on taking her home that week. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, we do have to go pick up my daughter, if that's okay. And he's like, where do your parents live? And she says, Kensington. And he goes, of course they do. And like giggles, which I thought was adorable. Yeah. So they go and 
she's like, hey, you don't have to come in if you don't want to. My parents can be a lot. And he's like, I don't mind. But if you don't want me to see them, like, that's fine, too. And she's like, oh, no, like, I'm not ashamed of you. I just know they're just terrible people. Yeah, (laughs) they're terrible people. And I'm trying to save you from having to be around them. Yeah. And boy, they really live up to the brief, (laughs) frankly. Yeah. And Alan had unbeknownst to Rosalind, I think, like told them, oh, Rosalind's planning on going back to school. Like he was telling them like it was a done deal. And she was still thinking about it. And her parents like, oh, well, your mommy's going back to school and she's going to have a better career and you'll have a big house and a much better life than this bad one you have now. And her Um, daughter wants a a dog dog or a hissing cockroach. cockroach. (laughs) So good. I'm obsessed with this kid. Yeah. And Rosalind's like, um, I didn't say any of that. Like, we're not getting a new house. I'm not going back to school. And she came to that conclusion, like, before everything hit the fan with Alan as well. Right. Because it was truly something she was just thinking about. And then, so then they're really rude to Harry a couple of times. And Who's, he is standing up for her, right? He's like, yeah. oh, it doesn't sound like your mom's made up your mind. And her mom, whose name is like Cordelia or some bullshit, it's like, and who are you? You filthy person, you? Honestly. Like, so. Her dad's like, correcting his grammar. It's like, just. It's a whole thing. And so she's like, I, uh, Amelie, you do not, she's like, Amelie shouldn't hear any of this. And so Harry, I would like for you to take her back down to the van. And Cordelia yeah. in front of Harry is like, I'm sorry, are you going to let our grandchild just go off with a random man that you met on a reality show like yeah yeah she's like no she's going to spend a few minutes with my friend on a public street my daughter is going to spend time with my friend like yeah Yeah. and then this is this is where (sighs) she like very lovely is like this is my daughter and you got to treat me better around my kid or you're not going to get to spend time around my kid. So yeah. good. I mean, yeah, I wish she had like actually gone that far. It's certainly implied. She but does in my, in my heart. That's what I, she same, says. Same. But it's and, not quite like, that. There's this moment where she's like, she's like, you really she goes, don't see what you're like, do you? Yeah. Like, she you goes, make me feel worthless. Go ahead. I come here to pick up my child and you second guess my decisions, insult my friend, make constant digs at my entire life, and you do it all in front of Amelie. And then Cordelia's like, well, I'm sorry if your friend felt that way, that like non-apology. Um, <sighs> and That your life's and, been really unstable. Unstable. And she goes, what? Fuck that. My life has been unbelievably stable for a fucking decade. I've had three jobs. I've dated four or five people, most of whom I made sure she didn't meet. I've kept the pair of you, you pair of snobbish gaslighting fucks in her <laughs> life because she apparently loves you, probably because she doesn't actually know you. And yes, mm-hmm. I've also kept Lauren in her life because Lauren has actually been there for me this whole time because her parents don't like Lauren because they're both homophobic and they don't understand how she's like still with friends with this yeah, ex and blah, They refer blah. to Lauren as that woman still yeah. year decades later. So anyways, they have this big argument and she's like, what I have is enough. I don't need anything else from you. Yeah. Well, so she's like, I like my life. I like everything about it. And I'm going to need you to stop just openly criticizing me for no reason because it doesn't match exactly what you wanted for me. And then he's like, her dad is like, oh, okay. So you want to just keep living your life as long as we pay your bills. 
Yeah. And she's, she's just like, <laughs> goes back yeah. down to the car. And like, and to find out that her child cheats at I Spy, which I thought was hilarious. She doesn't cheat. Because she, she said that she could see atoms, which mm-hmm. Harry she's thought like, was cheating. Yeah. She's like, everything's made of atoms. So I'm always seeing atoms. It's really cute. And he is doing all of this to like, you know, he's doing jazz hands so that <laughs> Amelie doesn't, you know, pick up on the Notice fact that her mom is still mom is. really upset. Yeah. Oh, also, Harry calls her Amelie. He calls her prime minister, which I think is adorable. We haven't talked about that yet. And I don't know how. I don't know how. We, yeah. When he came over to fix the electrics, he goes, oh, hello, princess. And she thinks about it for a minute. And she's that's like, right, that's right. princesses are undemocratic. And he's like, oh, OK. All right. Prime minister. Yeah. And then for the rest of the book, he calls her prime minister. It's so cute. So then he like leaves her alone because she's going into the final now. The final is three people, which didn't make sense to me, but that's fine. Oh, sorry. No, we need to talk about Liv again first. Because Liv tell me everything. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she gets home this same day that she has to start with her parents. They drive home. She puts Amelie in bed. She's ready for early bedtime herself. She gets a phone call and it's Liv. And it says on the list of things Rosalind needed right now, this might have actually been the pull of last. <laughs> she go- and so basically Liv is calling to apologize. Um, she goes, can you say sorry for, for, well, and Rosalind goes, for sexually assaulting someone. And Liv makes a slightly horrified noise. Yeah. Um, so she goes, I'm sorry that I sexually assaulted you. And Rosalind goes, well, I want to be a good person and say it's okay, but it's, it's really not, it's not. And you know it. And you know it. Um, like, don't do that again. Even if we're both women, like, it's still not okay. Right. And this is where Liv is like, I've been letting men tell me that I'm bi-curious for years and they really like it and they get so upset when you're when you're not bi. And Rosalind's like, maybe, maybe stop doing that, Liv. Like... We yeah. could have ended up in a threesome where Alan was the only person having a good time. Um, so anyways, Liv's calls to apologize. And Rosalind says, forgive yourself or grow as a person or whatever you need to do. I'm fine. And I understand you made a mistake, but I'm not your priest, your friend, or your therapist. So yeah, thanks for reaching out. I don't think we need to talk again, mm-hmm. which was my favorite bit of this whole book. It's so good. And the reason I wanted to talk about it on the podcast, because- so many people, I've, I'm going to go on a little rant again here. Um, so many people feel like everybody has to be perfect and happy and everything has to be fine and everybody has to get along, right? I did a study abroad when I was in college and I went to college late. I didn't start until I was 28. So I was mm-hmm. like with people 10 or more years younger than me. And okay. there was a girl on the trip who was 19 or 20 and we did not get along. Okay. And we didn't cause problems about it. We just didn't like each other. Okay. Because- we had very different personalities and I was a lot older than her and she was young and living her life and having a good time. And like, she's not a bad person. Neither was mm-hmm. her bad people. We just didn't get along. Mm-hmm. We didn't cause problems. We weren't like having fights all over. We just didn't like each other. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of the other people on the trip, like sat us down at one point for an oh intervention. And I was like, y'all, What's people the problem? Don't all have to be friends. Like it's okay to not get along with people. Like that's we don't all have to be friends mm-hmm. all of the time. And I just really love that Alexis Hall left this as like thanks for the apology. Like 
we don't have to be friends. We don't have to talk again. Like Mm -hmm. we're going to just shut this door and leave it shut. And that, that was okay for her to Mm -hmm. say that I thought was genius. Yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah, most definitely. And I think like twice in this book, there's once here and then once a little bit later on when she talks to her mom again, where she's like, you realize that you're asking me to comfort you about sexually assaulting me. Right. And you realize how unfair that is. Right. And like later on with her mom, she's like, you're making this about you. And I would like for you to stop making it about you. Yeah. Because it's not about you. And that I feel like is, I don't know. It's just, it's a really good point, A. But I think that a lot of times without even meaning to, people can be sort of manipulative, yeah. wanting to fix it and not really knowing how and not having the tools and whatever. And it's important to point out and just, you know, yeah. name it. And as women and femme presenting people, we get socialized to comfort people. Like that's right. our job, right? That's we're, we're caregivers. If somebody's upset, we're supposed to make it better. Mm-hmm. And that puts so many of us so often in positions where we are dealing with something and have to stop dealing with the thing to make somebody feel better about the fact that we're going yeah. through some shit, yeah. which is bullshit. Yeah. And I really loved that Rosalind was like, no, this is about me. I'm going through a thing stop making it about you. Like, I'm not going to do this I appreciate socially. that you feel bad. Right. Like, I know that this is like, I'm violating the social contract, whatever, but like, I'm not doing the thing this time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yes, go. Yeah. Rosalind. And with this Liv so specifically, good. she's like, she's essentially like, consider this closure. Thank right. you for reaching out. You don't have to worry about me anymore. I understand what happened. And like, right now you can go forth into the world and deal with the ramifications of your actions. And I hope you yes. do. I hope you do. In a really do. healthy way. But like, you, but not you don't me. have to include me anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, I, and I thought that was really great. And I thought her compassion for Liz was also excellent because Alan was the bad guy. Like, yeah. even though he wasn't the person that like did the actual assaulting he set the whole thing up. He lied. He manipulated. He orchestrated he got it. Drunk. He lied to Liz. And Rosalind recognized that. And so she was like, I understand that, like, this wasn't you. Like, you were coerced. But also, this was you. Right. You are not necessarily 100% at fault here. And also, you still did the thing. Yeah. And she was just, like, really gracious and also, Firm. like, not pulling her, her punches. I mean, like, right. it's not okay. What you did isn't okay. And- I loved it. I loved and like this whole thing we're talking about happens in like one page, guys. It does. It's like yeah. Not a lot of a conversation, but I just I think no, it's brilliant. But the emotional ripples are far reaching. They are, <laughs> like, yes. Really. Yeah. Okay, so it's right before the final. They wanna um like have everybody's family tell stories about them or whatever. Oh, and yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. you can't talk to my parents. I don't want them involved. And so they have Lauren and Amelie there to chat about her. And it's beautiful and wonderful and adorable. And then the mom comes by. She she does a big I'm a rom-com in the rain moment. And it's like raining. And she's like, can I come inside? And so she's like, yeah, but Emily's asleep. And the mom's like, well, I'm here to see you anyway. And like it's finally like, hey. What happened with the BBC? And she says, well, I told them not to bother you. And she says, she's been saying this the whole book. Once again, you're my daughter. It wouldn't have been a bother. 
And so she says, okay, fine. You're right. I didn't want you to be a part of my story. I wanted people who uplift me as part of my story. And she says, I really made you feel worthless. And she's like, yeah, you know, like I can sort of see how you got there because her mom's like, you know, she looks at her and she says, I decided to have a baby. I decided to raise the baby. I decided that I wanted a smaller life with a kitchen that always smells like something good and, you know, a schedule to where I could go to every single one of Emily's events. That's Mm -hmm. what I wanted. And that's what I chose. And I don't begrudge you. I love having a brilliant oncologist mother who gets asked to be the keynote speaker at conferences. I don't mind even that you were really an absentee mother because you are so amazing in other ways. But you need to love me for me just the way I love you for you. Yeah. And stop trying to shape me into, you know, your mirror image. And she's like, well, I did that because that's what my mom had. And I swore that you would have another choice. And I fucking love, I love Rosalind because she's like, I made my choice. Mm -hmm. And you're, by criticizing me constantly, you're telling me it was the wrong one. You just said you wanted to give me a choice and you did. You need to be okay with my choices. Yeah. (sighs) So Cordelia is like, okay, I'll work on it. Your dad's going to take some more time to come around, but like, I'm here. Like, I'll, yeah. I'm going to try, which I really liked. I did want to go back and talk about her conversation with Jennifer really Please, quick. Though, when I she's will like, talk about Jennifer Hallett anytime. I love Jennifer Hallett. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about this conversation because you mentioned earlier how she's the pretty one, right? And everybody has yeah. this arc. And if you're not familiar with Bake Off, like, they at the last season, they do like interviews with the three finalists families or whomever they show pictures of them when they were a kid they're like so and so has loved to bake their whole life and got distracted through their university studies and Mm. has recently come back to it as a form of self-care like whatever the fuck their story is (laughs) and so jennifer has this image in her head of like i planned this shit months ago you serving your nice middle class family cakes at a nice middle class table in a nice middle class house and then sitting side by side on a sofa saying we're so proud of her. She was always such a good girl. It's great. She's finally doing for myself. And Rosalind's like, no, no, you, you don't, don't get, get to, to empower that. me. Like you, like this show didn't empower me. And Jennifer goes, of course it fucking empowered you. When you <laughs> first showed up here, you were just a mouse with an apron and a pretty smile. And now you're a mouse with fucking ideas who won't shut the <laughs> fuck up and let me do my fucking job. <laughs> and Rosalind's like, cool. Well, if your arc is that I'm more confident, why do you need my parents? Like yeah, if you let me tell, tell them, my story, like I understand you want to tell the story of like inspiration. Like I, I get that that's what you're trying to do. I'm here for it. You want women all over the country to like be like, hey, I could be something too. Like I get that. My parents don't have to be part of that story. Tell, and they like, shouldn't let me be tell if the that's story. the story you want to tell. Right. Yeah. It's just a really lovely conversation of her standing up for herself. And then now later on. Now mouse with fucking ideas is so funny. I know. It's so good. <laughs> um, and then later on, when they're doing this interview with Lauren and Amelie, Colin asks Amelie a question. He's like, oh, are there other things that your mommy couldn't do because she had you? And Jennifer goes, ask her something like that again. And uh, what does she say? I don't say? care about the contract. 
I will go oh, to broadcasting God. standards and the press and fuck what the contract says. Like, yeah. like that's, and so it's just kind of cool to see her being like, oh no, these are boundaries and these are limits. And like, I'm not going to be afraid to like enforce them. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It's really lovely. It's lovely. Okay. So now it's so the now final. It's the final. <laughs> yeah. And they're meant to make a layered thing. Uh, yeah. And, um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Alpha Yores. I don't um, remember. Anyway, okay, so it's a layered it's a cake. Traditional confection found all over the Spanish-speaking world, first introduced to the Iberian Peninsula in the 5th century. We'd like you to make 50 identical, delicious alfiores. And the very first step is make dulce de leche, which, uh-huh. as we remember, was like a stumbling. It was the dragon that she couldn't slay earlier. Yes. But now she's going to. Now she's going to. It's so great. So... Like, she does um, a great job. Um, Nora does a tiramisu, and it's fine. And then Alan does an apple something with apples that he got from his garden. Also, Alan gives Nora shit for reading a romance novel while they're waiting. And he tries to say, like, oh, I've been reading a Lincoln book or something. Right. So... Alan's like, oh, you could read something with literary merit, perhaps. And yeah. Nora's like, one of the best things about being 73 is that you could read whatever you want. Not give a fuck. And so then they're like, Alan, what did you read? And he names like some pretentious book. And they're like, cool, what happens at the end? And he goes, uh, plot. Plot is not the uh, thing that you go for. It's the journey of right. getting there. Exactly. And then they're um, like, okay, well, when I'm enjoying a book, I bring it with me. Alan, right. that's why I'm reading right now. And he's and he, like, well, it requires like, more concentration. They're like, just admit you haven't read the fancy book. You're only reading anyway. So people will be impressed <laughs> that you're reading a fancy book. You gigantic hipster piece of shit. Oh, so you bad. gigantic hipster piece of shit made me so happy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, piece of shit, huh? You can't come up with anything better than that. And she's like, Alan, I don't need to. Like, No, what she says is, I have better things to do with my time. (laughs) I don't spend my free time coming up with creative insults for people because I have a life. Yeah. It's so good. And then he tries to pull the like, oh, well, with the choices you've made in your life, you slutty McHutzlore. Yeah. And she's like, Alan, I don't care what you think. And that is like really amazing. It's wonderful. Like, Nora, let's go. Bring your book. I want to hear about the Greek billionaire as we go back to the show. Yeah. And so she makes three kinds of somethings. One is out of peach, one is out of apple, and one is out of cherries. And, Mm -hmm. like, she does a glossy glaze for the apple and the cherry and a matte glaze for the peach. And Mr. Honeysuckle loves that. They're, like, they're fruit flavored and shaped in and to look oh, like those right. fruits so like that's the one the apples really shiny and the peaches yeah. are sort of like fuzzy and look like peaches and like it's really cute and they're like oh are these actual apple leaves and she goes yeah but not from my garden and Will's just like <laughs> it's cool <laughs> it's so funny and then it, before everything gets announced they are gonna go have a garden party and everybody's yeah. there and so Which all the gang also is- together also is a thing that happens at GBBO. I like all the so. contestants show up and then they're like, who do you think's going to win? And, you know, what are your thoughts? And they're like, oh, well, so-and-so is a great baker, but I really like this other person. And, mm-hmm. and then all the families are there. It's oh, my gosh. Lovely. Okay. I have to read one section because, like, yes, she talks please. to Anvita and then she um, she sees, oopsies, 
she sees is this Harry. one and Vita says I'm voting for Rosalind because she's excellent and sexy and hair and Colin's like you can't say that on TV you have to stop saying that no she's sort of hitting on Harry and she says so she didn't quite scuff her toe against the grass but she moved her foot in a way that was definitely grass related and scuff adjacent <laughs> you know last week when I sort of and you sort of his smile deepened yeah and how I wasn't in the right place to well anything really and you didn't want to start anything with a slightly drunk person who just got out of a disastrous relationship with an asshole and was in the middle of reevaluating her entire life and he goes yeah and he goes well I'm not drunk today and the asshole like most assholes is behind me and he goes bloody hell I did miss you <laughs> And then she says, the life thing, I will admit, is a work in progress, but I've got a great kid, and I look good in a penny, and I'm a nationally recognized amateur baker, which I think, frankly, makes me a catch. And he goes, I reckon it does. She goes, good. She gave a decisive nod. I'm glad we're agreed. And then he goes, you were the only one who weren't sure, mate. (laughs) Ah, and then she kisses him. In the in middle front of, of everything. And Anvita's like, kiss, 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 kiss. Because Anvita is the best. And I need an the entire best. book about her, please and thank yeah. you. It says, she kissed him. And it was exactly like she'd imagined it might be. And nothing like it at the same time. The way he met her, mouth to mouth, as familiar as home, and unfurling sweetly with all the promise of days to come and moments to share. And they, and this... And he could be hers simply for knowing she'd wanted them, that they were worth wanting. And she's like, and how could she have doubted that she wanted him even for a moment? Oh, my God. It's so good. Listen. So good. So good. She wins. Okay, everyone. She does. She wins. Obviously. She obviously wins. Yeah. And that fucker loses, which is great. Yes, he does. Which is wonderful. And Nora writes a a book that says, well, it's just cakes. Put them in a bowl and see what happens. Yep. (laughs) I love Nora. Nora's, oh my gosh. I'm I'm glad that she was like a constant through the whole book. She's just like there providing like little commentary and humor the whole time. And it's lovely. They do like a little like, where are they now thing. Wait, wait, ma'am. I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank I, you we were very much. To Nora. I hear you. Um, but that train of thought can have several seats. We're not skipping this. <laughs> so sorry. I I thought we were talking about Nora's book. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. So um they go back to her house and like put Emily to bed. She asks if the Viking will read to her and it's really cute because he does and Rosalind loves it obviously and then they go out to the hallway and she just like kisses him up real good and he he pulls back and he's like is this okay and she's like yeah it's definitely okay pulls him into her bedroom and then they proceed to have one of the most beautiful sex scenes I've ever read without it like being graphic or any like it's just this it's it's the picture of intimacy that's what this sex scene is and like there's so much like banter throughout it which they talk the whole time and like that's 
makes it feel even more intimate because like you don't banter with somebody your first time with them right like that's like what 15 years of marriage looks like when you like make a joke in the middle like yeah it it just has that that, like comforting like solid quality to it while still being like so lovely and fresh and new and so good it's so good it's so good and and he's like oh I I don't have any condoms I love when she's like how about we objectify each other oh yeah Oh, yeah, because he's like, I'm feeling a little bit objectified. And she's like, hold yes. on, I'll fix that. And she takes off her shirt. And she's like, how about we yeah. objectify each other? And he goes, oh, you're fit. And it's so uh, cute. Yeah, but talk about the part with the no condoms because that, oh, that's yeah. also really good. So she says, I don't have any condoms. And he goes, well, that's all right. And he go- she goes, no, it absolutely is not that I, I did that one time and now I have an homily. And he goes, he goes, that's not what I meant. I just meant that, like, we can do other stuff. And she's like, well, there is, like, a gas station around the corner if you want to go pick something up. Yeah. And he's like, no, I would much rather be here. And she's like, you don't, you won't feel cheated or, like, you're wasting your time. And yeah. he's flabbergasted. He's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. But, like, there is a, a girl that I really, really like who wants to be with me. And she's got her tits out. And, like, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. And she's like, but you won't feel bad that we didn't have sex. And he goes, we are having sex. Like yeah. you, you bisexual woman of all people should know that we are having sex right now, even if there's not penetration. Like, I know. And she's like, it's well, very good. I do. But most straight men don't. And he's like, yeah. well, I've got a lesbian sister, man. Right. Like, exactly. I know some things. <laughs> it's great. And then he's like, hey, so how do you feel about me getting you off? And she's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And then he's like, what do you have in your, like, do you have anything in your bedside drawer that you especially like? And she's like, oh, what? Like, ah, why would we do that? And he's like, well, because, you know, I'm trying to get you off. And she's like, isn't that like. cheating? And he's like, no, it's using the right tool for the job. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, don't you already have a tool for the job? And he's like, well, yeah, but like variety is great. And like, I don't have any pride about this. And so he goes down on her with the vibrator and, you know, she comes like a freight train. It's so good. It's so good. There's this moment where she says like, what about you? And he says, plenty of time for that. And then she's like, no, but I want to. And so she undoes her belt and he like guides her hand down to his cock. And she says that like the way, the way that he like, closes his eyes and exhales or whatever is just so vulnerable and open. And she says mm-hmm. that she just marvels at how Harry continuously just, can I, can I read please, this, please, please. It still undid her a little, how willing Harry was to show himself to her and give himself to her. And it made her want to do the same to put aside everything she'd once thought should have been and build something else, something true for herself with him, with everything she loved. Like, I just got chills, Meredith. So good. Alexis Hall. So good. So good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I just have to say, they did the little where are you now. I'm not going to tell you what everybody's doing because it doesn't matter. But I did want to say that Alan (laughs) launched his own cooking-themed YouTube channel called (laughs) The Cotswold Baker. It currently has 247 subscribers. (laughs) the shade i love it so good y'all you need to read this book it's so good i want to read paris delancourt is crumbling it's real good 
it's queer. Paris, obviously, is the one love interest. And then the other one is, gosh, guys, I'm sorry, a South Asian person, okay. maybe. I do not remember. Well, you you couldn't handle his anxiety brain. So I didn't it makes read. Sense I didn't read very much of the book. Yeah. Um. Like, yeah, I I personally would have needed some trigger warnings about like the anxiety and self monologue, sure. and I couldn't finish it. I was reading it. Okay, I was reading it at the restaurant in an IKEA for reasons and I like felt myself getting more and more stressed and then I like had to put it away and go walk around and look at like fake living rooms to calm down (laughs) Um, yeah but yeah if you can handle it I you should read it because I I might buy it on ebook and just like control f all the places that Jennifer shows up just so I can read about her I mean (sighs) she's the way with words honestly the length of a weasel's cum shot I can't. It's so good. Like, I really, really, really want a whole book. And I feel like she might be Polly, you know? Like, oh, I really. Absolutely. I want to know uh, what she get up gets up to when she's not yeah, at work. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Hallett. I like, I she's maybe my queen. I would worship her. For sure. I would I like know. to meet her. Yeah. 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 Okay. She's great. Y'all, wow. you need to read this book. Hey, so great good. choice, Meredith. Thanks. Fucking great choice, man. And thank you for dealing with my mid-book meltdowns. It's fine. I really enjoyed them. <laughs> I did enjoy the part where you were threatening me and Rosalind and Alexis Hall all at once. I was like, oh, I'm interested to see how she pulls that one out. <laughs> I would have found a way. <laughs> I That's don't so doubt bad. it for a minute. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Do you have a lady love? Oh, boy. Um, I do have a lady love, which is, okay. Is it your Etsy Y'all, store? Well, it can be. It wasn't going to be, <laughs> but we could talk about that. Y'all have an Etsy store where I sell things that I make for your home and your person. I sell beautiful table linens that are handmade and aprons yeah! and things that are hand woven. You can buy hand spun yarn. You can buy knitting patterns there if you're a knitter you can also buy knitting patterns on Ravelry um I'm because you were Hayes. one of like the founding members of the HB Crafty crew right I don't know that I was a founding member but I'm oh, a very wow. act- I'm much more active in that group than I am in the main group sadly even though oh, that's fine in charge of the main group now somehow um, you do everything you need to do in the main group I do you can find your um, list wherever you want thanks but yeah I'm m.haines designs at all of those places uh if you want to find me yeah. Um, so yeah, that wasn't my lady love, but that well, is but you made that's love. the sweater you're currently wearing. Correct? Oh yeah, I did. Yes, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> that's yes. ridiculous. That's Thank so you. good. Okay, what's your actual lady love? I just didn't want to let you not promote yourself. God damn it. No, that's fine. I appreciate that. My <laughs> lady love is y'all. It's pansy season here in Pennsylvania where I live, and there's pansies every go buy yourself some pansies yeah they're great they're like two dollars so if you forget to water them they die you can just buy more pansies but like nothing is happier than like some brightly colored pansies in your true flower pots you know what that's so funny because my lady love is my magnolia tree has just started blooming dude i want a magnolia tree in my property (sighs) so i love them 
I had no idea. And like when we were looking at the house mm-hmm. last year, it was like, you know, the first time we saw it, it was like the the early doldrums of March where like there's still uh-huh. a little bit yeah. of snow, but like also spring is deciding to maybe peep its head around. Yeah. And so I was like, I think, I don't know, but I think that might be a magnolia tree. And it was like a selling point for the house because I've never had anything like it before. Mm -hmm. And it is this majestic, mature, just like she's a messy bitch. Oh, they really are. But it's so beautiful. Like that tree, it, it spits pods and then it spits petals and then it spits leaves uh-huh. and then like like so you're constantly yeah. raking under a magnolia tree but doesn't like, matter fuck, is it worth it we have a, a flowering cherry tree in our backyard and when we were looking at this house it was like november so again i was like oh i think but i don't know yeah, yeah. and again there is the time of year where like my yard is just covered in pink but i can just sit on my porch and stare at that tree for hours so it's great yeah so yeah. flowering bushes and trees is yeah. my lady love nice to know we're on the same page yeah (laughs) seriously all right (laughs) keep being a badass love yourself as much as Rosalind loves boundaries yeah that's the (laughs) stuff I almost said end meeting for all. I hate it when I do that. It's so rude. It's so rude.